Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the talk show. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad to have you join me. As you know, on the show, we discuss on issues related to relationship, marriage, and lifestyle. Last week, I discussed on the subject, live to cleave. And I discussed extens extensively on that subject uh, as it relates to the man or the husband in the marriage institution. I said that in the book of Genesis chapter number 2, verse 24, God said to the man, he said, For this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they two shall become one flesh. And I said that word cleave could also be interpreted as embraced. It could also be interpreted as united. And it means that if this, is, this was the first instruction that God gave to the man concerning the marriage institution, that means that this is fundamental. This, this instruction is fundamental and it's foundational. If we experience and we enjoy the ideal of God in our marriages, uh, I'm so glad that a lot of people were blessed by that teaching. And if you have not listened to that teaching, please go go on my YouTube channel and listen to it. It will bless you. It will help your marriage. It will help even people around you. Uh, this week, I said I'll be talking about uh, this same subject uh, as it relates to the woman. Uh, when God brought the woman to the, to the man, it showed that God is saying, that illustrates that God is saying that the woman is also meant to leave a father and a mother and cleave unto a husband. How do I mean? Even in the wedding, wedding ceremonies, you will see an illustration that actually backs this up. They say, who is given this woman to be with this man? And the father of the woman will come, bring the daughter and hand her over to that man. That is showing that the father, that illustrates that the father and the mother, the parents, they are voluntarily handing over that woman to be with that man. So it means that God expects that we should, the woman too should leave her father and her mother to cleave unto her husband. We saw that even in the story of Isaac and Rebekah too. Rebecca had to leave her father and mother, a relative, to be with Isaac. And when we say leave to cleave, we are not actually talking about abandoning your relatives. We are not talking about disrespecting or dishonoring your relatives. We are talking about setting the priorities right, getting the tune right, getting the order right, getting the structure right, and adhering to that structure the way you should adhere to it. So therefore, when we talk about leave to cleave, it doesn't mean that you abandon your people. And also, when we are talking about cleave, we are not saying that you become too possessive of your husband. We are not saying that you become too possessive of your wife. We are saying that you must be able to make her the first in your life. The moment you get married to that man, he takes the role, the position that your parents used to take in your heart. He takes the first position the first place, the most important place in your heart. You are, you, are, you are accountable to that man. So when we are saying that, we are not saying you become too possessive of that man, that that man cannot even relate with any other person. I mean, there are some women that they are so jealous, they are too possessive, that their, hus their husband cannot even talk to another person. They deny their husband from relating with, their, with, with, his, with his parents. They deny him from relating with even people around that can even be of benefit to their marriage. I am not saying that you should not be protective and sensitive, but don't be too possessive. Cleaving does not mean you become too possessive. 
help you get that. And today I'll be talking about some, 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 some areas that I believe that women should leave to cleave. And I believe that if we can leave to cleave in these areas, we can actually enjoy the best of God for our marriages. I want to first talk about accountability. Every woman must understand that she is accountable to her husband. You are accountable to, to your husband in your whereabouts. You are accountable to your husband in your actions. You are accountable to your husband in everything you do the moment you get married to him. I hope you get that. Now, when you go out, you don't just go out without telling your husband your whereabouts. You don't assume because you have told your parents, you have called your parents to say, oh, I'm, doing, I'm going here. That, 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 is, that is enough. No. The moment you get married to that man, the accountability you used to uh, deliver to your parents becomes transferred to your husband. Even if your parents do not know your whereabouts, your husband must know your whereabouts per time, per season. That shows accountability. That shows responsibility. That shows that you are responsible. That shows that you have taken him as your leader. And accountability also connotes transparency. You must be transparent with your husband in everything. That shows that you have left to cleave. Another important area that everyone must leave to cleave is the area of independence. You must develop a sense of independence. You must develop it as you, as you grow up. I said last week that a lot of nations, their age of maturity, their recognition of maturity for every, every, every citizen is 18 years. At that age, they expect, that, they expect a level of independence. They expect a level of independence from the child, from that citizen. That shows that at that level, they believe that you must be able to take responsibility for your life and make decisions for your life. Whether it's influenced by an external party or not, they expect that you are responsible for that any decision that you take. And you must grow up to develop that sense of independence. Psychologically, emotionally, you must develop that sense of independence. Not every little matter in your marriage that you take to your parents. Every little challenge you cry to your parents. Your husband is not calling as he used to call and say, Mommy, I think my husband is cheating. Are you, are you serious? That's not maturity. It's not maturity. You have to grow up to that maturity. It's a sense of independence. It's a sense of independence psychologically, emotionally. Be able to handle matters related to your marriage. Little issues, little challenges. Every, every marriage, even in life, we have challenges. We will face challenges. The only difference between those who are experiencing heaven on heart marriage and those who are experiencing hell on heart marriage is, is the only difference is the way we handle our challenges. The way we see our challenges. Some people see challenges as a stepping stone onto greater heights. Some people see it as an obstacle onto destruction. So you must see clearly. You must understand these things clearly. I am not saying that if you are dying, you should not cry out. For God's sake, please cry out. And make sure your cry is loud enough for people to help you. But it's not every little thing that you take to your parents. If you take every little thing to your parents that way, it shows your immaturity. You are not ready for marriage. And 
sometimes because the way we present some issues, some women present your issues to their parents, it causes a lot of troubles in their marriage. Why? Because most women, when they want to report issues to you, they will report it to you in the way they want you to get it. It's not the most of the time, it's not the way it is that they will present it. They present it in a way they want you to perceive it. And if you take that perception and you go with that perception to, 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 to interfere in that issue, in that marriage, it will cause a lot of damage to that marriage. And we must understand this. It is very important. Develop that sense of independence. Another point I want to make is on communication. Now, every woman must understand that she needs to leave to cleave to her husband in the area of communication. The first part is I understand that most women they are they are they are they are, they are close to their parents, they are close to other third parties, their friends, their siblings, and they are their just partners and the rest. But you must once you get married to that man, you must understand that he should become your new gist partner. When I'm saying this, why I'm saying this is because it is very important for you to understand the width and of marital privacy the weight of privacy and confidentiality in marriage institution it is very very important a lot of marriages are in disarray and in chaos because they could not keep the trust of their privacy and their confidentiality and you must understand this because it is most likely if you don't make your husband your new gist partner it is likely that you will divulge confidential matters to your friends your parents and which will affect your marriage negatively you must understand this trust is very important you must not breach that trust i used to tell people if you it is easier to build trust than to build a trust that has been betrayed and that is why you must be very careful very very careful in fact in most cases trust is stronger than the love feeling I have seen people that are still in love, but because the trust has been betrayed, they can't go forward. It's affecting them seriously. And that is why one of the sensitive aspects of marriage, of relationship, is the trust. Once you betray it, it is very difficult to build it back. It is very difficult to restore it. And you must be very cautious of it. You must be very careful of this. And that is why you must be, you must, you must, you must have a, you must, you must be discreet in communication. Even when people want to, want to push you to say some things that you shouldn't say, you must be discreet about it. I'm not saying that if you need help, you, should, you shouldn't go to people that can help you. But I'm saying that you must be careful in this matter. You must give your husband the, 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 the free environment, the freedom to be vulnerable with you. He must continually see you as, as his confidant. You must not betray that trust. Because once you betray that trust and your husband starts saying that, oh, I can't confide in my woman again, I can't keep secret with her, then he begins to look for another confidant. And the moment he looks for another, he starts looking for another confidant and he starts divulging secrets to another, to another person outside, it means that you have voluntarily by your own hands introduced a third party influence into your marriage. And God have mercy on you. I just pray God have mercy on you. That that person, that third party is a very good person. 
Because if that person is not a very good person, it show it means that the influence of that person will be affecting the decisions of your marriage, of your home. And that could cause a lot of problems. But, but, but why must you leave your home to such gamble in the first instance? Be discreet. Some women, I said last week, they are too loose with their mouths. Everything, everybody must know about what they are going through. Everybody must know about their problem. Everybody must know about the secret of their marriage. Everybody must know about the private things. I mean, things that should be private, things that should be personal. You must understand that privacy and confidentiality is a very sensitive aspect of your marriage. And you must understand this. You must live to cleave in communication. Live to cleave in communication. It's not everything that happens in your marriage that you tell your parents, that you tell your friend, that you tell everybody. I'm not saying that if you need help, like I said earlier, cry for help seek help but when it comes to some sensitive secret things that your husband confines in you don't let it out be discreet about it put a zip on your tongue there are some women every little thing my daddy said my mommy said and my mommy said we should not we should, we should not use condom on our first night what concerns your mommy everything you must communicate everything you must divulge what concerns her my daddy said, uh, a married man should not be doing this kind of hairstyle. What concerns your daddy? My daddy said, my mommy said. They have lived their lives. You must develop. That's another thing that, that I said earlier. A sense of independence. Don't come and bamboozle your husband with daddy said, mommy said. It shows that you are immature. Even if they give you opinion and suggestions, bring it as if it's coming from you. Don't make your husband stonewall against your parents. Because if you continue doing that and you are saying, Mommy said, Daddy said, it will come to a time that you will start having a, a, a resistance to whatever they say. Because he will feel threatened that they are having a lot of influence on, the, on his own, on his marriage. And you must understand, you must live to cleave in communication. Get that correctly. Another aspect you must get is the aspect of parity setting. You must understand that the moment you get married to that man, he becomes the most important human personality in your life. Your parents might be the most important human personality in your life before, but the moment you get married, that, that was why your father handed you over to him. He now becomes like your father. He now becomes the most important human personality to you. I'm not saying that your parents are no longer important, your best friends are no longer important, your siblings are no longer important. But as far as your marriage institution comes, the moment you enter into that institution, you must have this at the back of your mind that he becomes the first in all. And you must be loyal to him. You must be one of his strongest loyal allies. I mean, support him. And let me press a break here. There must be a balance to this. I'm not saying that you should support blindly or foolishly. Because there are some women that support blindly and foolishly. Even when you know that where this man is heading, he needs help. You become, you, you are still loyal with him blindly and foolishly. You know that if you continue with him like this and you didn't get help, you are both heading for a ditch. That's a blind and a foolish loyalty. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, there was a story in the Bible, Ananias and Sapphira. Both of them, they were united. They were united, but they were united towards evil. 
and that destroyed their generation. I don't know whether they have children. The Bible didn't tell us that. But if they had, they had children, what would have been the fate of the, those children? One day, both parents died because they no, one party is not sensitive enough to say that, oh, they, because they were blind in loyalty. They were foolish about it. They were foolishly loyal. Another person that we can admit in the Bible is the case of Nabal and Abigail. Mamu doesn't understand that this man was a wicked man, Nabal. And this man has been putting up with, with him, obviously. But it came to a time when David needed help. And he sent messengers to, to, to the husband. And the husband refused the help. And David was furious. He wanted to go and kill his, whole, his entire household. And one of the servants came to the woman. And he told her what happened. And the woman, because she is a wise woman, the Bible said she is sensible and beautiful. She took things along and she went ahead to pacify David. If she had not done that, she all her generation would have died. That's what I'm talking about. Don't be blind with your loyalty. Be sensible. Be loyal. But don't, don't be blind with it. Your husband is a pedophile and you are saying you are loyal and he's raping your daughters and you say you are loyal. That's blind loyalty. Do you know the impact and the effect of that on the children, on the generation? They will also live by. Get help. Seek help in the right places. That's not the loyalty I'm talking about. But you must understand that once you get married to him, it takes the highest priority in your life. The most important person in your life. I hope you got that balance. Another point I want to go into, which obviously should be our last point, is that I want you to embrace, you need to embrace your husband. You live to cleave to embrace him. Live to cleave to embrace him. In his, embrace his personality. Embrace his intelligence. Embrace his maturity. If you are not okay with his personality, my dear, don't go into it. If you are not satisfied with this level of intelligence, help him to work on it or don't go into it. But you must want to get married to him. You must embrace his totality, his personality. I'm not saying that you don't correct him when you feel he's not doing right and things like that. Correct him, but embrace his partner. Don't bring comparison to that marriage. Don't say... Uh, don't compare your your husband with your father. Don't say, this is how my father used to do. My dear, why not marry your father? But if you can't marry your father, then you have married that man, then don't bring that comparison. Even if there are some traits in your father that you wish that he emulates, some characters you wish he emulates, then tell him, we communicate it to him without bringing your father into the same. Make it like it's coming from you. And do that with a tone of submission and a sense of suggestion. Get that clearly. Embrace your husband. Embrace his personality. Another area you need to embrace your husband is in decision making. Embrace him in decision making. There are some women that I don't blame them because they have grown up with this parents and they have trusted their parents' decisions over the years. 
everything they need to do. They tell their parents, their parents give them the right decision, make decisions for them. And the decisions have been working, has been helping them to be successful up to this up to the stage they have. But now you are married, embrace your husband's decision-making ability. Embrace it. Embrace that decision-making ability. Don't, 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 that, that confidence, that trust you had in your parents' decision-making ability, now transfer it to your husband. That's how it can work. Embrace your husband in decision-making. Leave to cleave to embrace your husband. Now, let me, let me quickly give a quick tip to this. If you, you open, often happen to be someone that is rigid about uh, taking advices and suggestions, maybe you try and check the way you have been communicating to him. Maybe you have not been communicating to him in a submissive way or you have not been presenting it as a suggestion, an opinion that you trust his decision, his final decisions on, on the subject. Check that if that's the case. But if you discover that um, he's still rigid, then I will suggest that you get... A specialized help in the area of communication because effective communication is very very important in the success of any marriage in fact he said that it that effective communication takes like 80 to 85 percent of every successful marriage so it is very important that you understand this embrace your husband in everything personality intelligence maturity decision making and trust his judgment if you are yet to marry, to be married, if you can't trust the judgment of that man, if you can't trust his intelligence, I would advise that you take, take a pause. Don't rush into it. Wait until you can confidently trust his intelligence to take the right decisions that you can always support. Because this is very important for you to enjoy the best of God in your marriage. I hope you have been able to get something in this edition. I said... You must live to cleave in accountability. You must live to cleave in your sense of independence. You must live to cleave, cleave in, in your communication. You must live to cleave in, in, in party setting. That is, it must be the most important human personality to you. And I said, finally, you must live to cleave to embrace his person, to embrace the personality, the intelligence, and the maturity of your husband. I trust that if you look into your life, into your marriage, and you apply these things correctly, you'll be able to get a better result than you have been getting even in your marriages. And I trust that this this reality, this this teaching will transform your present reality into the ideal of God for your marriage. Next week, I'll be talking to the parents, and you don't want to miss that. That's That's going to be explosive, and it is going to bless your life, not just for the present parent, but even those who are aspiring to be parents one day, it will bless all your lives. Thank you for joining, for tuning in tonight. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that to have you here. God bless you. And please, stay safe.